turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Can you imagine what it would be like showing up to heaven and the person there says, I'm sorry, you're not qualified. Oh, wait. Yes, God has qualified you. Come on in. Is that something to be thankful for? Thankfulness is part of our theme today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This is a daily visit from the church on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And I'm Mike Trout. Pastor Layton is in the book of Colossians, and he is still in the first chapter. If you'd like to follow along, I encourage you to grab your Bible and turn to Colossians in the New Testament as Pastor Layton continues this message. And, and what Paul here is telling the Colossians, don't wait for visions and voices. You know how some people are. He says, get into God's Word. Know God's Word. And he prays that they might have all wisdom. Now, all wisdom doesn't mean knowing everything, but what he's talking about is all the wisdom is needed in any given situation so you can do what is right and pleasing before the Lord. And then he spells out precisely or more precisely what's involved in living a life worthy of the Lord. He says, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God saved us so that we could bear fruit. Jesus made that very, very clear in John chapter 15. Christ is the vine and we are the branches. We can't produce any fruit unless we're attached to the vine. But when we are obedient, when we're attached to the vine, then the life in the vine comes through the branches and produces fruit. And as we are faithful, we're going to watch God at work. We're going to see the vine at work. And as we watch and we pay attention, we are going to grow in our knowledge of God. The two are related. We don't know somebody the instant we meet them, but as we watch them work and interact, we get to know them. As we watch God at work, we get to know Him. And you notice the word increasing. God made things to grow. And, and I think that that's not limited to this world and this creation. I think that's for eternity. I, I think that's one of the reasons why God gave us eternity to grow. I, I've said it before that some people have a concept of heaven as being sitting on clouds strumming harps. And I, I'm not real excited about that. I, I want to explore the universe that God has created. I want to see the wonders of God at work. I want to spend eternity getting to know God better. And I think God gives us eternal life because God knows that He is not limited. In other words, we're not going to get some point down in eternity and run into the wall, and that's the end of God's say, Well, that's all there is to learn. I think God is so eternal, we can spend eternity chasing God, and we're never going to run out of knowing God more and better. Verse 11, 
being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Strength and power can only come from God, and the more we know God, the stronger we are. The more we know God, the stronger we are. And the tense here is uh, being strengthened is an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. And what Paul wanted those Colossian believers to be strengthened with God's power so they couldn't be pulled away and distracted by the things of this world. And he uses a couple of words here. He uses endurance and patience. Endurance and patience. Endurance is the ability to continue towards a goal regardless of the obstacles. Sometimes we call it perseverance. Endurance. Patience is the ability to stand firm against the opposition without giving up. People are negative around you, you just don't give up. You know what you need to do, you do it anyway. You're patient. So endurance is often used to describe difficult circumstances. Perseverance, endurance. Persevering through obstacles. If you wonder what that word thing, uh, it means, think about the snail trying to make it to Noah's Ark. Didn't matter what the obstacle was, how long it was going to take, I know where I'm going, I'm going to get there. Patience is dealing with people. And by the way, that's one of the characteristics of maturity in a Christian life. The more mature we are, the more patient we are with difficult people. And as believers, we're able to have joy and rejoice in our tribulations because we know that tribulation brings about perseverance, perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. Romans chapter 5. We can have joy in the midst of life situations, no matter what they are, because that is one of the fruit of the Spirit of God. And then he begins describing a list of things that he's thankful for. The Apostle Paul says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Thanksgiving in Paul's letter refers to an attitude of the mind of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude that's expressed outwardly and often, and it's contagious. We need to have an attitude of gratitude and know that it's contagious because critical spirits are also contagious. We need to have an attitude of gratitude so that others can be lifted up. And when others are lifted up, they're going to have an attitude of gratitude that comes back to us and lifts us up as well. A regular offering of gratitude to the Father is a mark of a true Christian. And one of the things that we can be thankful for is that God has made us qualified, fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Can you imagine what it would be like showing up to heaven and the person there says, I'm sorry, you're not qualified. Oh, wait. Yes, God has qualified you. Come on in. Is that something to be thankful for? He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, mankind has a lot of problems. We have problems as individuals. We together have problems. But our biggest problem is sin. And that problem is not going to be resolved by philosophy, religion, technology, or anything else. We need a Savior to save us from our sin. And these verses uh, provide four facets of what Christ has done on our behalf. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Or as the NIV puts it, He has rescued us 
from the dominion of darkness. The book of Exodus tells about how God rescued or delivered his people from slavery and death in Egypt, which typifies Satan's kingdom of darkness, and took them to the land of milk and honey, the promised land, which typifies the kingdom of his son. In the garden, Jesus referenced the dominion of darkness that described the forces of evil that he was fighting with in those final hours. Darkness in the scriptures is a metaphor for evil. And people who are without God live in darkness. And true believers have been transferred from the, from the domain of darkness into light. From slavery to freedom, from guilt to forgiveness, from the power of Satan to the power of God. We have been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now the word transfer there is an interesting word. In the ancient world, when an empire won victory or conquered another empire, what they would do is they take all of the inhabitants back. They would transfer them. Like the northern kingdom of Israel was transferred to Assyria and the southern kingdom was taken away to Babylon. And what it says here is that God has transferred us from that kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of light. These two kingdoms are at war. And Christians are not exempt from the struggle. That's why Paul writes in Ephesians, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Get ready, because you're in the battle. He's moved us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He's given us a purpose. And we now have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption means to buy back. And what Paul here is reminding them is that that God has bought them back, not by some philosophy, not by some religion, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we as Californians, we're very familiar with the concept of redemption. Because we go to a grocery store, we pick up some soda pop, on the can of the bottle says, California redemption value. And what that means is that container, which was otherwise spent, worthless, and destined for destruction, has been given a value, is bought, and is given a new future. And that's what God has done for us. They call it recycling. You might say God is in the recycling business. He's taken us who were spent and worthless and destined for destruction, purchased us at the price of precious blood of Christ, and has given us a new future. Forgiveness means to cancel a debt. Every debt has been canceled in Christ. There's nothing the devil can do to say, hey, you forget that thing that you did? No, I didn't forget. You need to and manipulate us or whatever. It's all canceled because of what Christ has done. God's forgiveness of sinners is an act of His grace. We didn't deserve to be forgiven. We can't earn His forgiveness. And, be, and when we know that we have been forgiven, we can have fellowship with Holy God, we can enjoy His grace, and we can seek to do His will. Forgiveness is not an excuse to continue in sin, but an invitation for obedience. And because we have been forgiven much, we can forgive others. And it's important that we do. Because Jesus made it clear in the parable of the unforgiving servant that an unforgiving spirit will always lead to bondage. We have been forgiven much. We need to forgive others. Jesus Christ is preeminent in salvation. There is no other person who could redeem us, forgive us, transfer us out of Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom, and do it wholly, completely, and solely 
by grace. And all this made possible through his blood, which reminds us of the price that has been paid. Isn't it incredible what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord? Amen. He is worthy of our worship and praise. And when we gather together Sunday after Sunday, we should come prepared to say, thank you, Lord, thank you. Well, we end the broadcast today right where we began, expressing our thankfulness to the Lord for His goodness to us and His saving grace. This is Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, featuring the teaching of Senior Pastor Leighton Sheely, and I'm Mike Trout. More details about the church. If you'd like to join the worshipers at Church of the Highlands, you can find that information regarding the campus location and, of course, the service times at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And if you've missed any of these messages in this series in the book of Colossians, you'll find past broadcasts on the ministry website, studyversebyverse.com. We'll begin a new message as we continue through the book of Colossians on the next edition of our broadcast as Pastor Layton opens the Word of God and we study verse by verse.